Hey, hey, it's Andy Anes, and welcome to another episode of Let's Rage Cooks presented by the Saxinian family. As always, we are off the heels of another Houston Cougars men's basketball game. This time, number three Houston came out victorious inside of the Fertitta Center for their final game of their non-conference schedule for the 2022-23 regular season. And that was against McNeese, a really lopsided affair in which the Cougars came out victorious 83-44 to over the Cowboys. And like I said, they finished 12-1 and in their non-conference portion of the schedule. Joining me as always, Dayon Dunlap. How are you doing, sir? I am doing well. Dominic win as expected, but I'm doing well. How about you? I am doing well. If you obviously, if you watch the other episode of Let's Rage Coos, you notice that we are missing a key figure in our panel, and that is Chris Garner of the Houston Raw Ball Review, who is still gracious enough to allow us to use his platform here on the Houston Raw Ball Review YouTube channel, but is out covering the Houston Rockets, and that is why he is not with us today after this game. But, you know, I guess we'll do this a little bit different. Because in this game, I think there's a couple there was a couple big stories. I think the biggest one, at least the most eye popping one, came from Emmanuel Sharp, who he said career highs. He had set career highs by the time the team had gone into halftime. He had hit five three pointers for fifteen points. Both of those were career highs. He had tied his career high in rebounds, which I mean it's not as I probably was three rebounds, but he had managed to match that all in the first half. So he had an incredible first half performance for the Cougars. He ended up hitting one more three pointer in the second half to finish with 18 points. So let's start with Sharp. I think that's something that over the course of the past three games, you've kind of seen the confidence much more from the coaching staff, particularly with Kelvin Sampson, because he's been that first guard right out of the bench for Houston. And today in a game against McNeese, he showed out and, and really from an offensive standpoint, what um, the Cougars could, could need, especially from a shooting standpoint. Right. And that first man coming off the bench is very vital to this team. And Coach Sampson, over the last couple of weeks, have had Emmanuel coming off the bench, being that first key piece. And one thing he talked about just a couple of days ago was him just being consistent in practice, making shots. That's another thing. We talk about how important it is defensively and do all those culture things. And also to his credit, his career high in rebounds, he had two offensive rebounds. And so, but man, he's, I think what I said a couple of weeks ago, he's, he brings confidence shooting the basketball. And I think he can bring consistency as far as his shot making. It won't always fall, but the way the defense will guard him will be differently and it can open up the floor for different things. But I think when, what he brings is another score. Tonight he looked prolific as far as when the shots were falling. I think he's going to be a, a rhythm scorer, a rhythm shooter as well. But tonight he he really had it going. He was lighting it up. And um, he just did, he looked comfortable out there. I think his time last year sitting on the floor, seeing that Elite Eight run, going through practices, rehab, and because you think about it, he hasn't played in two years. So I think he he's still finding his rhythm and putting all the experience that he's had up until this point. And now he's beginning to flourish. Well, he's began to flourish here with his um, career night tonight. But uh, I, I think he has a lot of game, um, particularly offensively. Absolutely. And that's something that he mentioned post game during his availability with reporters after the game against the Cowboys. And he said that that really that extra six months that it bought him, he was able to to be around the program. He's able to rehab with the Houston Cougars and then in particular being able to to really help them during their March Madness run last year and, and be around the program and and just, again, be able to, to kind of see firsthand what the expectations are from a cultural standpoint, because that's something you're looking at it with Jarris Walker 
transfer terms arsenal they're true freshmen that coming in that it's been a bit of an adjustment period now it still hasn't been you know smooth sailing for for Manuel Sharp but that you started you, you kind of started to see where he's kind of elevated from the other two freshmen at least from from that standpoint now one other player that I did want to mention that he had a career high in points too and that's Javier Francis who had 23 points 13 rebounds this is his third career double double and honestly throughout the course of the game I don't know if you could say this when he had 23 points and 13 rebounds but it was a bit of a quiet on the stretch he just looked up at the scoreboard and he had been able to accumulate uh, all those points and, and rebounds. And when you look at it, I think one of the Samson always talks about from younger players, particular freshmen, but it comes with consistency. And now he's put together back-to-back home games where he's played well and he's just continued to build on it against North Carolina A&T. He had 17 points and 15 rebounds, which at that point, from a point standpoint, that was his career high then and still pretty much almost getting really close to being able to match the rebounding output. He didn't play that much against Virginia, but again, that's that's what Kelvin Sampson, the coaching staff, are looking for in a lot of these younger players, being able to stack up performances like that when they're given that opportunity. Right, and I think with extended minutes, he really just showed what he can do against a, a opponent opponent who really doesn't have much size or anyone near athletic as he is, especially with his his length and athletic ability. And so, man, he he looks really well tonight. But I th- just like you said, that twenty three was quiet. But one thing that wasn't quiet was his activity. He was going after every single rebound. His intensity, the way he showed out on different screens. I think he he played a really well around the game and. Um, you just can see like the investment that they put in him, and each time that he plays, it's just just like for Emmanuel. I mean, that experience is only going to um, be to their benefit, and they're only going to get better and better and better. But Emmanuel, like like I've been saying, I mean, I, what he brings to this team, no one else brings as far as with his length, his ability to not only block shots but change a lot of shots, and also um, he's a bigger body. Um, I, I think. That as well, as far and also with his ability to catch alley oops, seeing his finesse, he's not just a dunker. He he has some skill as well. He's very well skilled in the post, and so two um, big games from, from two young players. <laughs> the comment from King Jaja Sharp want, wants his two K sniper badge. And he, <laughs> yeah. I mean, with a performance like this, he yeah. he only shot three. He shot ten shots. All of them were three pointers. He went six. Uh, of 10 for the night he did have a bit of an injury scare towards the the middle of the second half where i i guess from from our perspective it kind of looked like he was cramping up because he was he was limping a little bit Uh, the head athletic trainer john houston came up and and was looking at him he gave him water he's drinking water it looked like i don't know if he went all the way into the locker room he went into the tunnel but he came back out he's on the bench and then he he played once again later in the game so obviously from that aspect hopefully it's not anything that's anything considered serious um serious and he was able to come back and 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 play again what are you gonna say one thing i want to add for emmanuel coach Sampson mentioned during availability during the week that emmanuel at his high school team, he was the lead dog. Like, he was the, the best player yeah. on the team, the alpha male. An, exactly. And you can tell um, that on the court with the supreme confidence that he has, he still kind of defers to, to, like, as far as the senior the, – and the moments in the team. But when he gets his shot, he doesn't hesitate. You can still see he has um, that, that dog in him as far as being ready for the moment, being ready to let it go, being aggressive, looking for a shot and not settling or, or passing up um, certain different shots. And I, and I think that aggressiveness um, 
is where the guy jumped him up on a depth chart as far as getting that more playing time in front of Terrence and Ramon. I think both bring different elements, but what this team I think is needing off the bench is enough, someone else who's a threat to score, not only that, score from deep to spread the floor. And so, um, because I think it's gonna you're gonna need Jamal and Marcus and Tremont to be able to penetrate um, in different games in the tournament when the game kind of slows down. And I'd like to remind everybody that may be watching live and or listening to the audio only version wherever you get Potsdam Jamma that this is Let's Reach Cooks presented by the Sexinian family, the unofficial Houston postgame show for men's basketball and football. We'll be back on Friday for the final football postgame show of the year when Houston takes on Louisiana in the Independence Bowl. Houston Cruz football teams made a lot of noise this week in the past two days uh, when it comes to recruiting. So hopefully they can continue to build on momentum in the first year in the Big 12 in 2023, so exciting times overall for the University of Houston. But in regards to this episode specifically, the Saxinian family, they're the primary sponsor for the show throughout the remainder of the regular season and into the American Athletic Conference Tournament. But, of course, we also have our other sponsors beginning with Hoop and Holler, the Houston Cougars Micro Collective. They are the entity behind those SAC app commercials. If you did start with us when it comes to Let's Rage Cougs back in the football season with the Anthony Jones, Big Hawk, those commercials are promoting Star Pizza. Um, heard from a source close that they're really close to dropping another commercial, this time involving members on the men's basketball team. So certainly keep an eye out for that. But overall, they will be promoting Star Pizza, who's another sponsor for today's episode of Let's Rage Cougs with various locations across the Houston area. Star Pizza, Houston's best pizza since 1976. And if you ever want to order online or just check out their menu, be sure to check out starpizza.net. And also, well, last in this aspect, but not least, a big shout out to H-O-U-N-I-L. H-O-U-N-I-L.com is a subscription-based name, image, and likeness model that benefits both Cougar student-athletes and fans. H-O-U-N-I-L helps Houston, Houston athletes benefit from the new NIL rule. NIL rules. Athletes create original content in their own words, giving subscribers insight into their lives on and off the court. What the players need is for you to subscribe. Plans start at just $20 and that money goes to UH athlete subscribers who get one-of-a-kind content straight from the players while helping the Houston Cougars compete on the national stage. Subscribe at H-O-U-N-I-L.com and as always go Cougs. Once again, that's H-O-U-N-I-L. And a big shout out to Ryan Monceau, the owner of GoCougs.com and also H-O-U-N-I-L for helping be a partner here on Let's Rage Cougs. But on that note, we'll toss it over to head coach Kelvin Sampson. Here's what he had to say post-game after Houston's 83-44 victory over McNeese. Well, you know, it's wisdoms and lessons. That's, that's, I think that was born out of the um, uh, Kent State game. St. Mary's game, Alabama game. Um, you know, we <clears throat> we try to uh, give our guys freedom. You know, it's not about running plays. We don't need to run a lot of plays. You know, teams that <clears throat> look like us aren't going to live off a play. Uh, we like our kids to uh, make plays in space. We're, we're set up that way. I mean, there's a method to our madness. But um, what we're doing now is making the right play. You know, against Alabama, we're shooting hard shots. We get in the paint, draw somebody, and, you know, we <clears throat> we weren't uh, moving it the way we should. But, uh, you know, we had a uh, little um, come-to-Jesus meeting about uh, how we're going to play. There's some some things just aren't negotiable. <clears throat> you know, folks got to move. <clears throat> move it. And, 
that, and, if, and if you catch somebody in a closeout, you think you can drive it and drive it, draw somebody, and then move it again. But uh, quick, decisive ball movement um, has been good. Last, um, I think we had 17 assists and 25 uh, uh, on 25 baskets Saturday against Virginia. Uh, tonight it was. Um, who did we play before? Uh, A&T, I think we had, that was another heavy assist night. But, hey, our kids want to win. You know, and sometimes um, as a coach, you have to plug the GPS in for them, and then they just follow the directions. But um, uh, our defense and our rebounding, but our, our young guys are, are getting better too. You know, it's, uh, you know Terrence was uh, getting comfortable, uh, Emmanuel, uh, JDA, uh, Ramon, you know, <clears throat> Reggie um, and Lauren, they, they both had tem high temperatures. Sick. Neither one could uh, answer a bell tonight, but hopefully we'll get them both uh, uh, healthier pretty soon. But uh, every minute that um, JBA gets is just uh, it's just an investment for our program and for him. Same thing with Emmanuel. You know, we've got, uh, we've got good young players, you know, but they're playing on a veteran team. Minutes aren't always going to be uh, what they were tonight, but they understand that. Um, I thought uh, the team that started the game tonight, um, the team starts off zoning you. Right away, you know you're going to make multiple passes uh, in multiple possessions. So it's not like you can play fast versus on. We're not going to put down and just shoot it right away. And we're going to take a good shot. But uh, I thought our ball movement and our decision-making uh, tonight was uh, really good. And, Obviously, um, uh, I never take offensive rebounding for granted, but that's, uh, you know, I think we're number one in the nation right now in uh, offensive rebounding. And, um, um, you know, our defense just continues to uh, improve. Although, for a large part, I mean, they made some shots there at the end uh, when we went zone, but, um, you know, start the uh, game and start second half. I think they had, what they have, 19 at halftime and third to about two minutes to go. I think they had about 16 in the second half. So they made those three start at the end. So um, just good night, you know, look around the country and see all the teams getting beat. We're getting beat by teams just like Mid-East State. Everybody just pushes that to the side. Kyler Edwards, Tajay Moore, uh, Fabian White, and uh, um, Josh Carlton. Those we had to ride all those horses last year. Marcus didn't play last year from December on. Um, Tremont didn't. This, this kid didn't play basketball for 18 months. Broke his leg. Broke his tibia. Compound fracture of his ankle. Didn't do anything. Uh, JVA barely played at all last year. So we're integrating so many new guys uh, into what we're doing. Um, but. <clears throat> Uh, our, our veterans, uh, when I say veterans, um, you know, Jay Wan, uh, Jay Wan's got two more years left. Tremont's got three more years. You know, we've got a lot of guys that are just scratching their surface in some areas. So once again, that was Houston Cougars head coach Calvin Sampson talking post game. I think there was a lot of interesting stuff that he said from that soundbite. First, and the one that, that we really want to 
you know, shout out to Lauren Sampson and Reggie Chain. Hopefully they're feeling better uh, with the illness that they had been dealing with that kept them from even being able to attend this game inside the Fertitta Center. But in particular, when it comes to the assist, something that he talked about against Alabama, it was clear. And I can't remember when Kelvin said it. If it was a postgame availability after it might have been after the North Carolina A&T game. But he, he was not happy with how the Cougars shared the ball in that Alabama game. He said that. Uh, really, they, they, they were a lot. Of, they were selfish during a lot of stretches in that game, and and it's something that he mentioned against North North Carolina A T, against Virginia, and now against McNeese. They've been able to put together strong performances when it comes to the ball movement, making the right plays. And then you heard in that clip, it's something that's a non-negotiable for them. And once again, in this game against the Cowboys, Houston made 32 field goals. 23 of those 32 made shots came off of assist. And that's kind of the recipe that Kelvin Sampson wants to see his team thrive in, in that aspect, being able to share the ball and be able to make the great, uh, the right basketball play. Right. And they do that. But one thing they do well is riding the hot hand, regardless of who it is on any given night, the ball movement is mandatory like it is. And from what I've seen tonight, the ball movement, the decisive, the decisive ball movement and passes um, really stuck out to me tonight. And what that tells me is the chemistry is getting better. And and mm-hmm. one thing this team does, and Coach Sanders just talking about, like his team, he gives his guards and his team freedom to hoop. And it's not always run a play, like run it. If you get out of transition, move out of transition, penetrate and kick, you can play against the zone, get inside the zone, move the ball around, penetrate, drive and kick, make, give up another pass, swing it to get good shots. But – um, and that's what his team really does. They would do a great job of that. They do a great job of riding the hot hand. Like if Jairus and everyone is pretty much has the freedom to get the, their shots that they can make on any given night. If your night is going, you make a couple, two or three, the ball will find you no matter who it is. And that's a credit to the culture and the offensive, the offensive um, mindset to feed the hot hand. And that was Emmanuel. I see a couple comments. Um, they asked, do we think if um, – Francis, JBA. yeah, JVA can uh, start in front of Roberts. And um, I think we kind of talked about that. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I think it could be a possibility. I wouldn't rule it out because I like J1 um, with Reggie coming off the bench and, and his role as far as being an energy plug and bringing everything he brings along with the offensive, which he showed he's been working on and has been um, providing sometime this season. I think that's an interesting question like you said we talked about it after the North Carolina A&T game because that's when he put together the 17 point uh, 15 rebound double double which at that point was the second of his career now he has three I think it'll make things a lot more interesting if he can continue again something that Calvin Sanders talks about consistency with younger players can they continue to to in Francis's case, can he continue to kind of force the hand of the coaching staff, in particular Kelvin? Like you said, he's going to go to the hot hand. And if every time Francis gets the opportunity to play, he's able to get uh, a double-double in those eye-popping manner ways, I think he's certainly going to be able to force the, the hand of, of the Houston Cougars coaching staff. Today, I think he played more minutes than Jawan Roberts. He played... Let me get the correct number right in front of me. But yeah, he played 26 minutes. So he tied with Jawan Roberts. They each played 26 minutes and you round it up. But I think in that aspect, and again, you do got to take into account that this was against McNeese. And yeah. I think just from, from again, that perspective of he's still a younger player, I think you saw that against Virginia. And it's something that, that after the game, 
you know, they only went eight deep against the Cavaliers. And he went, at least as of right now, early on from a standpoint, because there's certainly that much more trust in Jawan Roberts just because of what know what he has been able to be a show to the program so i think it, it's something that could come later into as the season progresses but i i wouldn't count on it if that makes sense i'm curious to, to see what you think about that yeah and I, I and i agree with everything you say but i also think it's a difference between starting and finishing the game that's why i could see the possibility possibility of it but i agree with everything you said so, but i do think he has to earn Coach Sampson trusts to finish games. I think that's why I wouldn't put it off from him starting, but it really doesn't really matter. What matters is who is going to finish the game. And I think it's going to take maybe a game where Reggie or Jay Wan or whomever is in foul trouble for him to have that big moment in the game. Because when you look at the, the, the tight games that we played against big competition, Alabama and Virginia, Coach had a very tight rotation. When it comes to – Tournament time against really good teams, coaches' rotation normally gets short. That's again to him blowouts when his he um, widens his rotation somewhere. So I, I think um, he can have that possibility, but he just has to keep showing, and, and particularly when his time comes, just keep shining. Um, but I agree with everything you said. No, absolutely. But in, in, in regards to the game overall, in particular, how it went, you know, kind of one of the other players that we haven't really touched on and would do so on the other side of this break is Marcus Sasser. So kind of yes. teasing in that aspect. But once again, that those of you that are watching live, thank you for being interactive in the comment section on the Houston Rombaugh Review YouTube channel. This is Let's Rage Cooks presented by the Saxonian family. The Saxonian family will be the primary sponsor for Let's Rage Cooks for the remainder of the basketball regular season and into the American Athletic Conference postseason tournament. Let's Rage Cooks, the unofficial Houston postgame show for men's basketball and football. And we also need to shout out our other partners, starting with H-O-U-N-I-L. H-O-U-N-I-L. As the Cougars move to the Big 12, Houston will be competing with national players in basketball like Kansas, Baylor, Texas Tech, and a lot more. These schools, they have fans that have built huge name, image, and likeness groups to get their athletes NIL compensation. That gives them a huge advantage over the University of Houston, where NIL is still in its infancy. But you can keep Cougar athletes or you can help Cougar athletes by getting involved. Go to HOUNIL.com to subscribe to player-created content like essays, video podcasts, and get access to private events with University of Houston players. Players are compensated for creating content, and fans get an inside look at their lives. Plans start at just $20 a month. And that money helps the Cougars retain players to stay atop in basketball and build momentum in football. HOUNIL.com. Subscribers get one-of-a-kind content straight from Cougar athletes. Subscribe today at HOUNIL.com. And as always, go Cougs. And we touched on it, the excitement just overall from the university standpoint as they transition to the Big 12. It, it is going to be huge, especially from a basketball standpoint. We know how much of a powerhouse at that conference will be once Houston joins. I mean, it already is a powerhouse. I'll add Houston to the mix, and it's going to be, you know, every game's going to be What's what Kellen Sampson says? All road games are street fights. Well, every conference game next year is going to be a street fight for the Cougars. So be sure to help out the Houston Cougars athletes. And anyway, can just starting 20 bucks and they are creating some pretty cool content in regards to their own content that that really the players want to drive and they want to create for themselves to get their perspective. But back onto the show here on Let's Reach Cougs. I teased it. Marcus Sasser, who since the... Going back, 
I want to say it was the Alabama game when he obviously the Alabama game that the, the whole team had the struggles down the stretch. But since then, he's he's been a lot more consistent with his offensive just jumper overall. And again, in this game, he he shot the ball six for 12. So he finished the night 50 percent from the field and kind of <laughs> he was exactly 50% because he's 50% overall from the field, but he was also 50% from threes. He was 5 of 10 on three-pointers. I think that's an interesting note that Kelvin said post-game. You couldn't hear it on that clip, but I think one of the big reasons why the Cougars saw success that they did from the three-point line today against McNeese was because of who shot most of the threes. It was Marcus Sasser and Emmanuel Sharp, and he said it. he gave the example of when he was an assistant coach with the Rockets. They would be called – the Rockets would be called the good free-throw team when – James Harden shot a lot of the free throws and they would be called a terrible free throw shooting team when Dwight Howard shot a lot of free throws. And it's kind of the sense in, in regards to, to McNeese where both of those guards, Sasser and Sharp, got a lot of the three-pointers. I mean, combined, they hit 11 of Houston's 14 three-pointers. So that's certainly a big boost. But in regards to Sasser specifically, I think overall, I don't know if you could call it juice, the, the right phrase to say it, but he just looked like he was running up and down the court a lot more. And he got a lot of those. He's starting to He's something that he does really well is being able to catch and shoot in transition and find those threes. It's something that he's done really well in. It's something he did a couple times tonight against McNeese. Yeah, he does a great job of getting his feet planted and using his, his upper body to um, knock down those transition threes. He does a great job of doing that. It seems like him and Jamal chemistry in transition is stellar. And also he has um, really, really excelled and became – um, a really good, incredible fast break prayer, like the comment says there, and his ability to handle the ball and finish with the left or the right. One time in transition, he took it behind his back with his left hand and finished with the left hand. But um, Marcus, man, early on, he was just in a slump. I mean, that's really just what it was. He was getting the same shots that he's making now. They just weren't falling. I think after the Alabama game where he had the goggles and he didn't play as well, I'm sure, as he wanted to play, I'm sure he put in even more work you know, with these last two games. He's really, really had his shot falling, and he looks more comfortable. It looks like the, the, the mark is that we're used to seeing. But his constant development from not just being a three-point shooter like he was early in his career, now he can get it off the dribble. He can create. Um, he's taking two-point jumpers. And so uh, Marcus is coming around as far as now he's consistently making the shots that he normally makes. He's always getting gets looks and we um is a threat offensively one of the other players just kind of sticking in that backcourt jamal shed again he, he didn't necessarily have a lot of points in regards to from that offensive standpoint but once again he had nine assists and he had three turnovers i'm sure that's that's a three to one ratio that's a ratio where you know you'll You'll, you'll live with a three-to-one ratio from a turnover assist aspect. But I think in a game like tonight, it just seemed going back to that ball movement, which Jamal Shedd and overall the team in general did a good job of being able to to make the right basketball play and set up their teammates for open shots, which in any given night, it doesn't matter who the opponent did tonight. It was against McNeese. But whenever you're set up your teammates, it's certainly going to make it much more probable that you're going to find success offensively. What did you see from Jamal Shedd in this game against the Cowboys? He has a great eye for getting players the ball in their spots with accurate passes to right in their shooting pockets. That And that really makes him an exceptional point guard. And watching this game, it makes me think about how in Alabama he pretty much carried up scoring, but he's naturally and is a pass-first point guard. But when, he, when his scores has it going, 
then he'll take the back seat and feed them like he normally wants to do. But just kind of proves to how great of a basketball player he is right now collegially and how he can be when he gets to the next level as he continues to develop and his jumper gets more period, more automatic that when his team needs him to score, he can do that. But his playmaking has been stellar. But we also got to give Tremont his flowers with his playmaking. He made a lot of great passes. He was second on the team in assists um, tonight with five assists. And his playmaking ability really, really stands out. The way he sees the floor, the way he can break a defense down and draw in. I think um, the team really needs that, particularly in the half-court set. Because like Coach Sampson said, they don't always draw up a play. It's sometimes um, a player needs to get the ball, be able to break down the defense, create a mismatch, draw the defense in, and dish it out, and, and just make a play, just hoop. And Tremont, he he's great at that. He made a lot of plays off the dribble tonight and made a lot of extra passes, gave up some a good shot for a great shot for his teammates. So make sure um, we give Tremont his flowers tonight as well. That's something that Kelvin Sampson in the past, he's mentioned how that's kind of the next step for Mark in regards to being able to develop as an overall basketball player, not just a scorer. I think in a game tonight against McNeese, that's certainly a great point where he was second on the team in assists. And in regards to overall throughout the season, I think it's something that's kind of gone under the radar. But you you look at stat sheets and he'll you know get up to four assists. He'll get to five assists consistently throughout the season, that's going to be something that's going to be pivotal. It adds an extra layer to Houston's offense going forward. But once again, I do like to remind everybody there are watching and are listening to Let's Rage Coops presented by the Saxonian family. If you're listening to the audio-only versions, whenever you may be listening to the Let's Rage Coops, I do, obviously we do want to give a shout-out to you guys because even though you're not watching live, you are supporting Let's Rage Coops. So be sure to hit us up on social media at Potsimajama or our personal Twitter accounts at Aonis underscore five at day on Dunlap. And we want to hear from you guys as well. You guys are part of the conversation. What are your thoughts about Houston's 83 to 44 victory over McNeese? And of course, we like to give a shout out to our partners, beginning with Hoop and Holler, the Houston Cougars micro collective, the entity behind those star pizza commercials with Zach Cavs, stars like the Anthony Jones and Big Hawk from the Houston Cougars football team. Star Pizza is our other sponsor or one of our other sponsors for today's episode of Let's Rage Cougs with multiple locations across the Houston area. A good pizza is just a phone call and or just a couple clicks away now that everything's done online. Be sure to, to order online if you're interested in tar, starpizza.net. Star Pizza Houston's best pizza since 1976. And also a big shout out to H-O-U-N-I-L. H-O-U-N-I-L.com is a subscription-based name, image, and likeness model that benefits both Cougar athletes and fans. H-O-U-N-I-L helps Houston student-athletes benefit from the new NIL rules. Athletes can create original content in their own words, giving subscribers insight into their lives on and off the court. What the players need is for you to subscribe and plan start at just $20 a month, and that money goes to the University of Houston athletes. Subscribers will get one-of-a-kind content straight from the players while helping the Houston Cougars compete on a national stage. Subscribe at H-O-U-N-I-L.com and as always go Cougs and when it comes to name image and likeness it was Oregon Oregon has all the the kind of the bells and whistles when it comes to Phil Knight and what they're able to do with some new thing that they had launched 
today that Ryan Monson actually had shown me during before the game. And it, it's just interesting. It's crazy to think when you look at some, what other colleges are doing with name, image, and likeness, it's something that the University of Houston, obviously, they have to step up as well as they go into that Power 5 aspect and be able to compete with those Power 5 programs from that aspect. But going back to Let's Reach Cooks, transitioning over to this game against McNeese, it was the final non-conference game of the regular season. They've, like I said, that now they're twelve and one overall let's, in the season. Let's stay with Tremont, Mark. I want to add more on Tremont before we before we move on. If that's cool with you, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I because I was just thinking about how Coach Sampson mentioned in um, his post game presser that Tremont has. I think he said three more years left, and how he's just still scratching the surface as a basketball player and learning his role and learning how to be more and just a scorer. And I'm seeing him do that on a game to game basis, where we see him games where he scored the basketball well, along with the playmaking. But I think. Um, as Cook fans just keep watching, keep following this team, he's a very, very important piece because um, I would also the biggest play of his career so far was his offensive rebound against Rutgers in a tournament. And so yeah. he's shown the ability to make those play, plays like that in big moments. Then the second big play was a half-court shot he hit to, to, uh, to beat Memphis. And so <laughs> he's inept to making big plays in big moments. And um, as long as he keeps developing his all-around game, he's going to be a really good player, special player, key player, X-factor player for this team going down as the continue, season continues. No, oh, absolutely. I think that's that's an interesting point you bring up because going back to, to his time with Houston, he has had those those incredible moments. Even just coming you know, in situations in the clutch, like you mentioned, that Rutgers game, being able to find himself at the right time to be able to, to, to tip in that shot. I mean, he doesn't hit that shot. Maybe Rutgers upsets Houston. There is no Final Four run. And even going up against mm-hmm. Memphis, I, I can't remember if had Houston, I think they might have already clinched the number one seed for the conference tournament. But even then, you know, that gives Memphis momentum going into the conference tournament. Who knows? That's just big things what he was able to do in his full healthy season. And now we're starting to beginning to see his transition um, and just developing overall as a player. That's something that Kelvin Sampson said at the beginning of the season for Tremont Mark. This is barely really, it's obviously technically it's not his, his technically his junior season, but really it's just his third semester with the program, being able to get that experience under, but you're continuing to see his development as that progresses. Now transitioning over to the non-conference portion overall for this team. Like I mentioned it, I guess you could kind of see it, it's a bit tricky because you want to you want to think of it as the halfway point. It's technically, not the halfway point. Set it up in that way, in terms of non-conference, because a week from today, Houston's final American Athletic Conference schedule will get underway on the road at Tulsa. But sticking to non-conference specifically, you know, Houston twelve and one. That's a record that you'll take nine times out of ten. Really, you'll take ten times out of ten because the only loss came to a really good top ten Alabama team. And you look at it, they played you know, tough opponents in regards to Oregon on the road. Now, I, I know Oregon people might, might roll their eyes when it comes to tough opponent, but that is a tough environment having to go up there and play, play them up in Eugene. St. Mary's in the, the Fort Worth event uh, in a neutral site. They're, again, they're considered a quad one opponent. And they were really a tough team with its length that it was able to, to give Houston some problems. Again, we mentioned Alabama, the team that was able to, to beat the Cougars here at Fertitta Center. Virginia on the road, that's by far has been their most impressive win of the season. 
And then you had the the tough test that they had against Kent State, which they had been playing well. And then at, at that point, I'm not sure if they're still a quad one opponent, but they're still a very team that that Houston came in here and they gave Houston everything they could have wanted and more. Outside of those games that I had listed, overall, Houston's looked dominant in the stretch. But I think and it's something that Calvin touched on post game. It's when you look at the conference or the non conference schedule that they've been able to put together. Is there one thing? What's kind of a biggest takeaway that you've had from the first thirteen games of the season for the Cougars overall? I think it was well put together. I mean, you have a couple. Uh, well, you have a few games with high-level talent, tournament talent with teams that can really challenge you and really can bring out the best of your team early to which you can work on some, on some of the weaknesses. And so, but also I think it was a good balance of having teams that you can really dominate and work on getting certain play, um, young players playing time. And so I think it was well put together. Um, I think they are, I think it would be well respected from the voters when it comes time to, to seeding like, um, and things like that. I don't think it's as strong as others, but I think I think our schedule. I think I don't want to say it. It was decent, but it was good. It was a good schedule, and it. I think it challenged us. It's been able to see what we need to do as far as when we go into conference play and continue to work on. But I think the best game for us um, is those two road games, as far as in Oregon and Virginia. Um, I think those are really, really, really games that can really help us. And also in Alabama at home, particularly because we lost it. And Coach Sampson talks about how you can learn from losses more than you can from your wins. Yeah, that's something that that he started uh, saying. And I, I, I'm pretty sure it's like this, but I don't want to butcher it. But he says there's WNL's wisdom and lessons. That's what he calls it. So that's something that, again, from that Alabama loss, they were able to take away a lesson from it, in particular when it comes to the ball movement aspect, something that after the Virginia game, he said that experience against Alabama, he's not sure if they would have been able to go in there to Charlottesville and, and really execute. That's That was a key phrase he used yeah. after the win against the Cavaliers, being able to execute what they kind of planned heading into that game. He said that's something he's not sure had they been – had they not had the Alabama game before that, it wouldn't mm-hmm. have been something they would have been able to do. So, again, that's like you mentioned, that's something from an experience standpoint that this schedule, especially early on, is something where something from a fan perspective, from home games, they were like, oh, well, you know, there's not really um, that many eye-popping games um, outside of the Alabama game. But I think overall, when you look at the schedule and something Kevin said, he, he schedules, he's the one that schedules the game for the Cougars and he does so with specific purposes. And it's something that overall it's been, you've really kind of gotten to, to see it. Now, when you look at the net rankings, that's one of the reasons, that's one of the things that Kelvin Sampson pointed out. You know, there's a reason they're top, they've been top three in the net rankings all season long. They've been number one for a good chunk of it. UConn's kind of overtaken them with how strong of the season they've had. And I mean, UConn, UConn's a different animal, but, you know, that could be a team that Houston sees down the line. But they have been able to get a lot of those quality wins, especially like you mentioned, on the road at Oregon, at Virginia. Those are tough environments to play in. And even the neutral site game against uh, St. Mary's, that's kind of interesting when we heard uh, the St. Mary's coach talk about that's a that's an opponent that they got last minute because nobody wanted to play Houston on a neutral site field, which is interesting. It kind of goes to show the respect that the Cougars have overall across the nation. I'm looking at some of the, the – and Amir Siddick says, it's good to see the improvement overall 
over all of the games, both individually and as a team. The Alabama game helped them learn how to finish games. Daniel, uh, Daniel Satterfield Knoxville said, good, just one loss we learned a lot from and still a position for one seed if we dominate conference. And I think that's something that has been, has been brought up before in the past just in terms of, yeah, obviously from where the goals and expectations are for a lot of not only people within the program, but just overall make a deep run in the NCAA tournament, a deep run that could see them finish just a stone's throw away at NRG Stadium when the Final Four comes in town in 2023. But that is something that a number one seed try to secure yourself into the best position possible to to get to that Final Four goal come April <clears throat> in the city of Houston. But I think, you know, that's a good point. I think overall from takeaways, something that Calvin Sampson alluded to in, in that presser that we played earlier, when it comes to this team that I think it, something that, and it, it might have not just been pointed out much more from seeing them play. They're a lot younger than maybe we might've envisioned at the beginning of the year, or maybe inexperienced is the right word with a lot of players stepping into new roles. And specifically, I mean, look at the starting lineup. It's something that Kelvin said, uh, like he's reiterated a couple times throughout this season, but they, they lost four starters in last year's team that made that Elite Eight run. And last year's team was really a veteran-led team with a lot of, even though they maybe they hadn't had a lot of experience playing with Cougars per se, they've had a lot of experience playing college basketball. When you looked at the likes of Josh Carlton, Kyler Edwards, Tajay Moore, and obviously Fabian White, who had been with the Houston Cougars for five years, and he really, really knew what the expectations were when it comes to uh, Cougar basketball. Now, you look at this team now, Jamal Shedd and Marcus Sasser, those two are really the anchors of this team. Jamal Mark, like we talked about it earlier, he's really had only three full semesters of being able to play healthy for the Cougars. And then you have Jawan Roberts. So even though he's a redshirt junior, this is really the first time he's he had rotational minutes a season ago, but it was the first time he's been asked to be a starter. Jarris Walker, he's a true freshman. It's had to be an adjustment period for him as well, and something that Kelvin mentioned post-game after the Virginia game, just really they've he's continued to gain more confidence. I think it's something that was interesting too. Kelvin said even in high school, Jarris wasn't necessarily uh, as comfortable known as, as being uh, uh, an alpha, like you mentioned that Emmanuel Sharp is, you know, in the teams, even though, Walker played for IMG. He was much more of a distributor, a pastor, setting up his teammates. That's something that Kelvin Sampson's pointed out uh, during the week after the Virginian game. And then even look at the bench. Emmanuel Sharp, he's been the first guard off the bench the last three games. He's a freshman. He's a retro freshman. We talked about the, the extra six months he was able to get that got him experience. But this is the first time being able to, to play on the field because he is a freshman on the court because he is a freshman. Terrence Arsenal, true freshman. J.B. Francis, he was on the team a season ago. But, again, he his playing time was spotty, and this is really the full time where he's still getting a, a consistent rotation. So a lot of these guys, they're, they're, they have to learn by that experience, and that's something that – from a Cougar standpoint, by the time they get into the American Athletic Conference postseason tournament, they get into the NCAA tournament, hopefully they're in a position where they're much more comfortable with their roles. And come March Madness time, it could be a very dangerous team because they're only going to continue to get better because the more games they play, the more experience they're going to have under their belts. The more experience, the more chemistry, the more the roles will be defined and they'll know exactly what their roles are as um, it's kind of still early. Like you said, not quite to the half point uh, part in, in the season, but the team is still evolving. I, I think uh, the team will continue to 
trend upwards, especially with the schedule playing out the way it is. Um, uh, some respect on this conference because they got some really good guards and and some really good talent on a couple teams. But man, this team is just just trending in the right direction. Keeps Coach Sampson still pulling the right strings, getting them to play the right way. But like he said, offensively, I mean, that's really the the main thing. That's what really stood out to me tonight. The way they moved the ball, the way. No matter who it is on any given game, when you hot, the ball will find you, and Jamal will, will make sure the ball finds you. So everything you said is right on point. This team is doing exactly what they need to do to get ultimately where they need to be when it comes to March and in the tournament. But I'm looking forward to to stacking up wins and getting the best shot when it comes down to conference play because it's always a couple games in conference over the last couple of years. If Gabe Houston fits and they, they drop a game or two. And I mean, even looking at the first opponent who they're going to play, they have to play at Tulsa. And that's been a place that's been hard for the Cougars to, to go in there and, and get wins um, the last few years. And Tulsa always has given them a, a really run for their money at Tulsa. And I don't know, last season, it's completely different circumstances. It was the first game that the Cougars had to play without Marcus Sasser, Jamon Mark, and Kyler Edwards missed that game with an ankle sprain as well. But it's been a place that Tulsa has played Houston well. And now when you look at overall across the American outside of conference standings, I think at the top, the two teams, obviously Houston number one at 12-1. and one. Memphis is right there with the Cougars at 10-3 and three from their non-conference slate in Central Florida. They're 9-3. and three. Cincinnati, the, the job they've been able to do, they're 9-4. and four. East Carolina's 9-4. and four. Tulane, 7-4. and four. And Wichita State, that's 6-5. and five. And then South Florida's at 500 at 6-6. Six and six. Tulsa, which will be Houston's first conference opponent a week from today, December 28th. They are 4-6. and six. So, I think... <clears throat> I think the, the American Athletic Conference has fared much better, certainly the, the top portions of it in our conference. It, it could make for some interesting challenges for the Cougars come, uh, the, I mean, January, February, and into March as they get into the, the postseason conference tournament that second week of March. But we'll start to wrap things up, and, and Dan, I'll get back to you after this uh, break. But once again, this is Let's Rage Cougs presented by the Saxonian family, the Saxonian the Saxon family is the primary sponsor for Let's Rage Cougs basketball for the remainder of the regular season and into the American Athletic Conference postseason tournament. And a shout out to our partners beginning with H-O-U-N-I-L. As the Cougars move to the Big 12, Houston will be competing with national players in basketball like Kansas, Baylor, Texas Tech, and more. Those schools have fans that have built huge name, image, and likeness groups to get their athletes NIL compensation. That gives them a huge advantage over the University of Houston where NIL is still in its infancy. But you can help Cougar athletes by getting involved. Just go to H-O-U-N-I-L.com to subscribe to player-created content like essays, videos, podcasts, and get access to private events with U of H players. Players are compensating for creating content, and fans get an inside look at their lives. Plans start at just $20 a month. That money helps the Cougars retain players to stay atop in basketball and help build momentum in football. H-O-U-N-I-L.com. Subscribers get one-of-a-kind content straight from Cougar athletes. Subscribe today. H-O-U-N-I-L.com. And as always, Go Cougs. And of course, we can't uh, forget about our partners, beginning with Hoop and Holler, the Houston Cougars Micro Collective, who's really been with us since the beginning of Let's Rage Cougs, going back to September 3rd when the Cougars opened the season against UTSA. 
scoop and holler the Houston Cougars Michael Collective behind the Star Pizza commercials. Star Pizza is another one of our sponsors for today's episode of Let's Reach Coos. Star Pizza with various locations across the Houston area. Star Pizza is Houston's best pizza since 1976. And be sure to check them out online at starpizza.com. Net. Dayon, I'll toss it over to you. Any final takeaways from this McNeese game and or anything that you're kind of looking ahead towards the American Athletic Conference schedule? Uh, JVA continues to shine, continues to shine. Um, I think uh, this night is huge for Emmanuel in his new role and the role that he had earlier when he had a couple big – he had big games as far as making shots. Um, that was a difference. Now it's a difference because – it's a different different role, a more important role as far as being that first man off the bench. And this is first big game in that role. I think it's bold. It's going to grow well for his confidence going forward. I think he's going to continue to look for shots, hunt his shots, and continue to make shots. And um, so I'm excited for the young players to continue to develop the team. The chemistry is getting better, I can tell. Um, they're getting more familiar with one another. And so I'm loving what I'm seeing from this team. I can't wait to go through a challenging conference play i see the comment right here and it's definitely right conference is definitely going to be challenging with the likes of temple they have some good guards of course memphis Tulane, um cincinnati and so i, I can't wait man i love this team you can't end any episode without saying go cougs though you can catch me on any social media platform as it's listed on the screen day on dunlap for sure once again the final score the houston cougars are victorious over mcneese 83 to 44 jv or francis led all scores with 23 points for the cougars he also added in 13 rebounds his third career double double 23 points were a career high emmanuel sharp also had a career high with 18 points six of 10 shooting all 10 of those shots were from three points so that was his his field goal percentage and three point field goal percentage for the same six of 10 for 60 percent 60% from the field. He also had three rebounds for the Cougars and Marcus Sasser. Third in scoring, 17 points, 6 of 12 shooting from the field, 5 of 10 on his three-pointers. Like I said earlier in the show, we will be back Friday following the conclusion of the Houston Cougars football team against the Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns in the Independence Bowl up in Shreveport. Until then, everybody stay warm because it is supposed to get really, really cold in the next... 24 hours when it comes to Houston. I think down. I think that uh, cold front is it going to hit you guys as well? Is it going to yes, definitely me. Yeah, tomorrow um, it's supposed to be negative six here. Uh, yeah, so it's going to be crazy. Yeah, so stay warm. Take care. We'll see you guys on Friday. And if you guys don't tune in on Friday, happy holidays as well. But make sure you tune in because it'll be the final time for the 2022 season when Let's Rage Cougs will be live after a Houston Cougars football game until 2023. Until next time, once again, Houston Cougars men's basketball victorious 83-44 to over McNeese. And as always, thank you guys for the support. Even those of you guys that come and stop by at the Fertitta Center, it's greatly appreciated because if it wasn't for you viewers, there would be no less rage kooks. So thank you as always. And Dan, take it away. One final. Go kooks, baby. <laughs>